This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. Our show today is presented by San Diego State Sports MBA. Um, Chris, we have a sponsor of the show. I don't even know where to begin. We have a sponsor. Can we talk a little bit about where this came from? In, uh, uh, this is crazy. This is this how is I wish a- all sponsorships would be so easy. But <laughs> <laughs> Right? This, this is unbelievable. Um, so it came from a listener of our show, and that listener listened to the podcast where I talked about my fifth grade friend that I played flag football with in Baden, Pennsylvania, that I reached randomly out to in LinkedIn. He went to San Diego State and their sports MBA program. I called him Jackie Tipton because that's what I remember him as. And he said, Jack Tipton was a student at San Diego State. And it was like, this is crazy. If this doesn't show how small our sports world is, I don't know what else does. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's unbelievable, and I, I love it because this shows for Red Sox sponsors. I don't get people reaching out for Red Sox sponsorships. We got a call in for front office features. I mean, this, this is, is awesome. This is amazing, and uh, so appreciative of our partner at uh, uh, San Diego State. Just the way that it came across, and I love that it comes from San Diego State across the country, where both of us are, and. Um, this podcast is really starting to kick off. I would say, I say this because we are worldwide. Worldwide, Chris. international. You told me that today. We are internationally internationally known, as Pitbull would say. Internationally known. We've got uh, people in Europe. Switzerland is listening. Uh, I saw the Dominican and Canada and Jamaica and Mexico uh, are all downloading the podcast. So it's uh, it's really crazy. And I also say this: um, California is like our third most listened to state, like Massachusetts number one, New York number two, California three, and like Texas four, something like that. Tejas, all right. Come yeah, on. we're doing all right. I was down there this week. That's probably what I was down there promoting front office features. People saw me. I was a celebrity, so they knew to download the, the podcast. <laughs> they, they, they must have. You probably got stopped in the airport a million times. Um, which is great timing. The start of front office features is also uh, the application window um, for San Diego State is now open. So there's still plenty of time to apply. The deadline to start your application is November 1st, and classes in person in San Diego start in January. Is, you know where a gorgeous place to be in January is? I was going to say that. Is there a better place to start your MBA program in January? I, I challenge someone to, to find one. I would challenge that too because uh, to start your uh, sports NBA program in San Diego in January is just gorgeous. Well, I mean, 
MBA programs can sometimes be stressful, right? And there's no better place in the country to de-stress than San Diego. So if you can, if you can couple that with getting your MBA in sports and then taking becoming our bosses one day, I'd go sign up and start my application right now. Right now, and to do that, go to sdsu.edu/backslash/smba. Again, sdsu.edu backslash smba. You'll see all of them all over our social feeds uh, the next month or so. So uh, very appreciative of our folks at San Diego State Sports MBA. Look forward to a great partnership with them. So uh, speaking of partnerships, I think this week's uh, interview with my mentor um, and the guy who hired me, uh, Marty Cordero. Where did he? Where did he hire you, Rob? He actually hired me in California, Anaheim, California, very close to San Diego. But where did you go from there? A lovely Battle Creek, Michigan. Battle Creek, Michigan. All right. Everything we, starts around Battle. We, we starts have, and stops around Battle Creek. We have to and work you, it in every podcast. Battle and Creek. if you missed uh, the, if you missed the Marty one, and the beginning part, I tell a, a story about feral cats fighting underneath our double-wide trailer, which was our office. That, If that doesn't sum up minor league baseball, <laughs> Nothing I does. don't think anything really does. Feral cats under Feral trailer. cats fighting and using one phone as a group sales department of three, uh, basically passing the phone around. But anyway, hey, we did upgrade to a house uh, later on that winter, uh, which literally was a house, which was our office. Uh the group, the sales floor was the, it was a ranch house. It was the living room of the Battle Creek house that was in the outfield of the ballpark. There, But this was probably the most fun of your career you've ever had, right? Like looking right. back, it was amazing. I, oh my God. You did, When you wrote your uh, podcast about, you know, when the, uh, when do you know the good old days are, uh, I would say Battle Creek is part of them because I have some insane stories and also the beginning part of omaha uh and going through the first ballpark build in omaha those are some good old days too so um all all good and your pod so we talked with marty my the guy who hired me the uh my mentor father figure the whole thing um and then coincidentally not coincidentally really but uh you also wrote a blog about being a boss and uh is different than being a leader and those two words are uh, you know polar opposites really and marty was the definition of a leader and i think you wrote it in your uh blog that it's a leader thinks what's in it for you a boss thinks what's in it for them and marty was the definition of what was in it for for me i had to prove myself first but uh i think uh that type of mentality is what makes good leaders over good Bosses. I'm not sure there's a good boss. I think there's just bosses. Yeah, every, everyone. Leaders. I kind of said like everyone can be a boss, right? You just kind of get right. promoted up to the ranks. You might trick someone into giving you the job, but it doesn't make you good at your actual day-to-day responsibilities. That's where the leadership comes in. And that's what you should be mostly focused on. Especially, I mean, sports is just littered with young folks, right, who are looking for leadership. They don't need a boss. They need someone to help guide them through moving to a new city, the challenges, how to budget off of a small paycheck and and understand like how to navigate this tricky business. And the best 
the best leaders are grooming you to either be advanced up in the current organization or going to have your back to help you leave and move on and do better things because the the boss is selfish and will make and make sure he keeps you down and never lets you leave the leader is going to be there recommending you for that next role whether it be internally or outside the organization how unique do you think my situation was in battle creek right like um well battle creek <laughs> with marty i should say battle creek is incredibly unique um <laughs> With Marty, um, having such a mentor so young in my life, I feel very lucky to have that, that they don't come around like that very often. Would you agree with that, or do you think that they are probably more prevalent than I think? No, I think it's it's, it's probably a mixed bag, right? I mean, I've been pretty fortunate to not really have... I probably had one boss in my life. Um, so I think because, look, how old was Marty? Marty was young, right? He was Marty was probably... Like, Marty was in his mid-30s, I think, when he had that job. Right. So in his mid-30s, he's just figuring shit out. And now he's responsible for a bunch of 22-year-old kids who are wet behind the ears trying to figure out their own lives. It's a big responsibility. So there's people who are just naturally good at it, who get it and understand what their day-to-day is supposed to be for their team versus the other way around. And But there, I mean, it doesn't mean like a, a leader doesn't, they're not, not allowed to come down on you. It's just a matter of how they come down on you, right? It's like, how do, is this a coaching moment to make you better? Or am I just coming down on you to come down on you because I have this ego and I'm the boss? Who the hell wants to work for that person? Right. And Marty Marty and I, I, I think in the podcast, I describe myself as you know, I was a rebellious teenager. There's 100% truth in that. And he knew when to push my buttons and like, hey, man, you're doing great. Keep going. And also like, what the hell are you doing? Right. And uh, be able to get on my case. But he would get on your case and be like, you know, be upset with you and be like, this is why this is not smart. Think about the next step. And that's what usually got me was I was never thinking about the next step. I was just trying to solve X when I wasn't looking at the whole problem of, you know, uh, I was just not looking at the whole problem. I mean, a big thing, too, right? Uh, What you said, but he lets you, like, make a decision. You. you have to empower people because what's the point of hiring a staff, paying them, and then trying to do their job for them? That's that that defeats the purpose of having that person in that role. Like so, I absolutely am so anti micromanaging in any situation. With that said, I will one hundred percent be there for you if you ask for my assistance. In the fact that I'd rather you win them with, win them without me, but don't lose them without me. If that makes sense. Right. No, it makes a hundred percent. It makes a hundred percent sense. Empowerment is one of the things. And this goes back to a podcast we just did of like, when you're in the interview, you are also, does uh community, you were also thinking about, will this person be able to be that mentor that I'm looking for? Will they empower me? And also the questions leading around empowerment about how they handle situations. If, uh, you know, take me through a situation where, uh, do, where do I have the say in the decision? You have the say in the decision? How does the decision-making process work in your organization? How does the decision-making process work in your organization is a good question to ask. It's a great question. It's a loaded question. And, you let, and again, ask the question and close your mouth and listen, right? Right. Because the way that person answers and the way that person portrays themselves it will give you a very good sense of what your day-to-day is going to be like working underneath that person. 
right? If they say every decision has to run through me, no questions about it. Okay. Might not want to take that job. Right. That seems like that might be more difficult. Um, But here's a, what do you, so I have a question. So what do you think it is in everyone's innate ability? So this comes up, I'm sure you've dealt with it. I've dealt with it. You're dealing with a young staff, everyone's specifically mostly in ticket sales. And all of a sudden, like two or three years in, they're like, I want to be the manager. Like I'm, I want to, I'm ready for management. Right. You're so like, right. It's like, what is going on? Where, three years in, three um, years in is like this weird year where everyone thinks that they know everything and they're ready to manage a staff. It's like they're ready to manage the world, not just the staff. Three yeah. years in, this three year thing is a weird year. Oh yeah, it's with kids too, right? We were just talking about that before that having a three year old <laughs> or three years in. That's right, three nagers. It's a it's a real thing in the professional world, and it's a real thing. Uh, with kids as well. Yeah. So how do you? So how do you approach that? So I mean, this happened. This has happened my whole entire career, where someone's come into my office inevitably at that two to three year mark and said, "Look, I've done really well. I'm ready for the next step. I, I want to be a manager." And it's like, okay, great, but are you quite ready? And why do you think you're ready? I think the why do you think you're ready, and what do you think being a manager? is all cut out to be. Well, I, I do really good here, so I should be able to tell people what to do and use my experience to do that. It's really a different skill set. What happens a lot, at least in minor league baseball, is the best salespeople just keep getting promoted all the way up. And that's not always 100%, in my opinion, right. Um, though, not going to lie, that's probably what happened to me in my course of my <laughs> career. Um, but managing people... And, uh, you know, doing the and selling or whatever that your job was are two totally different things, whether you're the accountant, whether you're the marketing person, PR person, those two things are totally separate and take a totally different skill set. So if you're going to say that you're like, hey, I want to manage people, be ready for the question of why. Right. So the opinion, at least in mine, is. I think that it takes a different skill set to manage people. And what is your answer to that question? Why do you think you would be a good manager? Yeah, it's it's not it's not the same as picking up the phone and calling to try and sell tickets versus having to deal with people's personal problems. It, as a manager, you can't imagine <laughs> wrong probably word. Right. Uh the issues that come through that door. You're a psychologist. You have to be everything at every time at every moment at all hours of the day to your employees because you don't know what's going to come up whether they're dealing with some personal stuff at home there's issues in the office there's drama in the office etc that's a very different responsibility than having to hit a sales number it is and also you're not going to be always the when you're at least what i found is when you are the kick-ass sales guy you're usually or uh, the best person in the office. I never want to just always have it to sales, but you're usually very congenial with the off uh, other off with your other colleagues. Um, you're going out with beers. You're going out to have a good time. When you become the manager, a lot of that stuff goes away. They don't want to hang out with their boss. No, right? and you kind of it's that fine balance, right, of maintaining a relationship without crossing the line of right. being too close. Because then, when you do have to have those awkward conversations. The person's be like, wait, I thought we were buddies. We were at the bar yesterday having a beer. What's this all about? Right. And that's 
awkward in the beginning and you've got to make sure that you're ready for that that you do you want that why do you want to be a person you know a, a manager type person what's what what is in it for you and uh that answer is so important uh, to be able to help grow your career because i also think too that's also becoming a fork in the road of like yes uh i really want to go down this path path or you talk through it a little bit be like hey i don't think that's right for me and i think if you get that question right that you'll be way happier like hey this management thing i'm not i'm i'm good no i know uh, for sure i know a lot of people who have done the manager thing and realized wow this this was not what i expected this is not for me uh i'd rather just go worry about myself and not be worrying about four other five other people on a day-to-day basis because i think that's the biggest transition for folks when you first become a manager is it's giving up that control. Like you, you kind of rely on other people to make you look good and your destiny is in the hands of others where you only have so much power at that point. You can direct, you can lead, you can provide guidance. But at the end of the day, the people below you have to produce. And that's a hard thing for people to let go. And I think that's what leads to micromanaging. I think so too. And also as a manager, it's not, it seems like the place to climb. I feel like we're talking people out of this, but it's for some people, it's not for other people, but you get all of the crap and none of the credit, right? Because at the end of the day, the people are doing whatever task it is, whether it's in marketing or PR or accounting or in sales. The actual people that you're managing are the ones that are getting the credit because they're the ones most likely in the trenches doing the work. But if they fail at that job, you're going to get all the crap. But if they do great, the person, those people are going to get all of the credit and you've got to be happy for them that that's the way that it goes. Yes. That's the difference. between, And that's, that's more of our point. Yes, it does. We're making this not painting a great picture, but <laughs> it's being prepared to be the leader of the group and not the boss. If you just want to manage people because you think that's supposed to be the next step in your career, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You have to enjoy what kind of what we're doing is having conversations with young folks and, and molding their minds to get them ready and sit, talking them through situations where they feel better about the next steps and just guiding people along. Because a lot of people just want to be heard. And if you're one of these people who just don't want to be bothered with other people's problems, being a manager is not for you then. Because I can't even... The stories of people who have walked into my office and drops this crazy bombshell on my desk out of left field that you have to now, in that moment, come up with a way to respond to and provide a solution to is is challenging. It's not as easy as being like, hey, go sell, go sell, go sell. That's not your job. Your job is to make sure that person is comfortable in every which facet of their life because if that's the case, they'll be much more productive while they are in the office. Right. And can we also go back to um, one of the interview techniques that you had? You had a 30, 60, 90 plan. If you go into your boss's office and you just want to sit down and be like, yeah, I want to be a manager. You got to be prepared for that conversation. This is not a conversation in which you just flippantly say, yeah, I want to be a manager. Um, What do I need to do to do that? No, 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 no. If you're going to have, that's like a big conversation to have that's a life-changing decision to have 
you got to make sure that you feel like you're on trial, that you've got, this is why I think I'm going to be good. This is my game plan if I'm going to be a manager. This is what I think we should do in X, Y, and Z situations. Uh, and go on down the list. It's like You need to be able to put the proverbial PowerPoint presentation together about what makes you the next great manager. Just don't come and say, uh, hello, Chris, I, uh, I think I wanna, I've done really well. I want to become a manager. Uh, now what? You tell me. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head, though, because you walk in the office, you talked about interview techniques. You've just initiated an interview whether you think so or not, right? Right. Because you, you've just opened this question of, hey, I want to be a manager. I'm going to come back at you just like you said. And it's like, okay, why? And now we're in an interview. So this impression you're about to make on me in this conversation will probably decide the fate whether we're going to continue to have that conversation. And it can't yeah, be no. it can't be because I've been here for three years and I have great numbers or I've done a lot of tweeting. It better be more yeah. than that. It better be more than that. You're you got to prove yourself. There's a uh, um, I'm tr- I'm a tr- I'm a guy who believes in um, there's this guy who does uh, ticket sales training, Steve Delay. And one of the things that he said is um, when you are presenting uh, this training and what you need to do, you need to feel like you're on trial, right? And your boss is the judge and you need to prov- provide all of the facts beyond a reasonable doubt that the way that you are, uh, that you're, that whatever you're suggesting goes through and you need to be able to provide the facts and the information. You just can't come in and say, all right, uh, in this case, I, I want to be a manager and no matter if, if you're asking for anything, you got to feel like you're on trial and have your research done, your facts straight, and your presentation ready to go. If you don't have all of that, you're going to get shot down in a second. And then when you come back for a second time, well, let me tell you, let me guess. Joe Schmo wants to be a manager again. Yeah, I, I got it. Why don't you worry about hitting your sales goal for the month? The, the, other, the other portion of this is kind of, we, we've touched on it before when, during your interviews, but you also don't want to work for the person who's the boss too long. Like if you start to realize that this situation, if, if you're in one of these situations, work your way out of it. Because I can tell you, going to work every day and working under those circumstances, one, you're not learning anything. You probably don't like your boss. You don't even want to get out of bed. You feel like you have a job again. It defeats the whole purpose of you being in sports industry to begin with, which by the way, it should always be fun because what the yeah, hell yeah. is the point if it's not right, fun? You work too many hours. For too many hours. Fun. Way too many hours and you work in sports. The moment the fun is gone, it's over. It's, there's no point. So if you're finding yourself in those situations, get out because that person is not there for you. They're there for themselves. And that is the worst person to work for early in your career. I thoroughly agree. And that goes back to being able to do a good two-way interview um, when you are first uh, you know, talking to those people if this is a, a good place. I also think, too, that your direct boss doesn't have to be your mentor. I think that in no, sports no. A- a- areas, uh, in sports organizations, that you're going to work with plenty of people. And I think that you are going to be able to connect differently with different people and Whoever you connect with, you connect with. And if they have good experience and you guys just mesh well, that person can be your leader, if you will. You can be your mentor like Marty was to me and continue to grow as a professional because no matter if you're in year one or you're in year 15 like I am, 
and you are, are you've got to be able to feel like you're going to learn every single day. There's not a day that I go to McCoy Stadium in lovely Pawtucket, Rhode Island, that I don't want to be better than I was yesterday. I'm sure when you go to Fenway Park, you want to be better than you were yesterday. It could be uh, better selling techniques. It could be better managerial stuff. It could be better, uh, I don't know, presentation giver. Uh, But you want to become better and you want managers and you want leaders of your organization to guide you in that direction so that you are better tomorrow than you were today. Yeah. I mean, I I was thinking about what you asked me earlier with the, the ratio of good to bad out there. And let's be honest, there's a lot of shitheads in our, in our industry. I mean, we've seen a lot of different people and you're like, sometimes you're like, how in the hell person have a job like that? How are they responsible for other human beings? Like, Like, this person can't tie their own shoes, let alone manage a staff. So, I, look, obviously we have a very young audience, and this is the hardest part, is when you find yourself in those situations, is I'm telling you, don't stay in it too long just for the wrong reasons, because you're going to waste some very valuable time in your career of where you're supposed to be getting ready. If you really want that manager's role and you're trying to take that next step, working for people like that, you will never end up in that spot because they will never allow it to happen. I agree. And I also think, too, if you're a freshman, sophomore, junior in college, I think it's a good thing to have multiple internship experiences because you get to have different experiences with different supervisors, right? Some are going to be awesome. Some are going to be awful. And then when you're able to get into that full-time when you're interviewing for these full-time gigs coming out of school, um, you can then have a better uh, overall feel about, I really do better with these people. They, they're they very hands-on. Or I do better with these people who are more hands-off. I do better with uh, XYZ type of personality. And you can then find the best situation for you because you've been able to create different experiences throughout your uh, collegiate time. Also, if you become the manager, don't ignore the interns because now you think you're all of a sudden oh, yeah, too be- good for them. Like th- You were that spot at one point in your career. And I-, I learned this a long time ago when I was not an intern, but starting at my ticket sales job. There was a chief executive at the De- New Jersey Devils, um, and he would make a point to stop by and just like say hi or talk to us. And at that point in your career, if a higher level employee is going to just come by and shoot the shit with you. That goes a long way. And I've remembered that forever. So even when the interns that come through Fenway, like I'll go back into the intern room and just start talking to them and see what's going on. And I'm sure it might mean nothing, but at the end of the day, there's someone in an executive position talking to you and just like asking you questions and getting to know you. That goes a long way. And when you're the manager, it doesn't give you the, the carte blanche to be an asshole. Like, no, don't be a jerk. You're still a human. Like, right. Everybody's there for the same reason. So just because you have a title doesn't make you better than anybody else in that room. Yeah, I, I, I thoroughly agree with that. And I think that's where, uh, personally, Marty was excellent with that. I also had a very good next uh, leader in uh, Art Maiden and then um, him and Larry Friedman, who we interviewed, um, who's now the chief business officer at LAFC. 
they both were fantastic in playing to my strengths where they just said, okay, go do your thing. And that felt so liberating. And uh, I've been lucky enough to have folks like that. You know, I think Lucchino is a lot like that. Hey, go do your thing. Um, And those types of people uh, really make it easier to go to work uh, and easier to be able to spread your wings and fly. You know, Larry Lucchino, right, we talked to him. He was the first interview here. Um, He's in every, we have a Monday full staff meeting. He's in every Monday full staff meeting sitting next to and talking with interns, asking them what do they think. So it doesn't end, right? Larry is in his 70s, uh, early 70s, and uh, he still thinks of, like, what does that intern think about this? Because he, he's trying to get different perspectives uh, to help him make decisions. And if he feel if he hears a common theme coming through, uh, and that common theme might be coming from, a 19-year-old intern, um, you know, it, it helps create, it helps make decisions no matter where you are in the organization. Yeah, it's just, it's like that point of like, as the further you get away from the good old days that we talked about earlier on, huh. is don't rem- don't forget where you came from. Like, it ever we were all in that point where as we were an intern, we, we had a, probably an idea in our head, we might have been afraid to share it because you might have been in a room with a bunch of people who didn't welcome that feedback or, or those opportunities. So if you do become the manager, the leader, not the boss. Make sure you lead and you lead by example. Don't ask your staff to do anything that you wouldn't do. I remember vividly, we first moved the team from Lowell out to Albany and it was in the middle of the summer. We were, we had two and a half months to get the, off the ground and the, the opening day was a very late move in the grand scheme of things. Like Nobody does this. Nobody moves franchises two and a half months before. Oh my God. It was myself my CEO and one other person that came. We started hiring some other folks. We had to do a mascot appearance because we started to have to rolling out in the city of like, hey, we're here. I got in the mascot suit. It was 96 yeah, degrees. It was 96 degrees. I was the vice president. I was in the mascot suit, running around, throwing t-shirts. And because I wouldn't ask my staff to do anything that I wouldn't do. And I did. I was in that mascot suit multiple times that summer. And even... After the whole staff got on board, people that would be like, come on and join who had never done it before and would maybe suggest it, like, eh, I don't know if I really want to do that anymore. It's like, okay, well, by the way, you're 22. You have no legs to stand on to say you're too good for this. I would go and do a Boys and Girls Club appearance in a mascot suit. It's just be the leader. Set the example, and people will follow. Right. I think you're right. You're setting the example, and uh, I think, you know, all I, I thoroughly agree. All somewhat good leaders have that thing of like, no matter what the crap work is, I'll be right there with you. Whether you're in minor league baseball and you're pulling the tarp, um, you know, we do this thing uh, called hurl the pro, where we throw a bunch of softy base. The fans throw a bunch of softy baseballs onto the field, and you got to pick them all up before the half inning's over. I'm there every game. Oh uh, my god, pick. Checking up Picking up We did chocolate pucks. I was on the ice in my suit picking up chocolate pucks. Like, gotta do it. You're down there. Like, if you're gonna ask your staff to go pitch in, and you're gonna sit there and watch them do it because you have a different title than them, it's a bunch of bullshit. Hey, uh, question for you. Yeah, you've been in minor leagues. I've only been in minor leagues. Is it different 
is it harder to show that kind of you know crap work uh, that is picking up hurl the pearl balls that is pulling the tarp uh, that is chuck a pucks? Is it different in the big leagues or is yes, it very the different. same things? Is no, it? It's very different. Um, there's just such a it's sheer number of people, right? I mean, you we probably had. 22 at most ever on staff and operated the same way as the New Jersey Devils. But when I was in New Jersey, we had 200 on staff. So if you were in ticket sales, you just did ticket sales in, in New Jersey. If you're in ticket sales in Lowell or Albany, you picked up chuck pucks you went to community events, you maybe actually announced the players coming on the ice, you did the music for a game, like you did everything, you know, like you roll the tarp when it's raining. It's very different. Uh, and that's why... I'm a huge proponent of people actually getting their foot in the door in the minors to get a taste of everything, to find out what you like, what you're good at, and what you can see yourself doing on a day-to-day basis. Because when you go up, and you if you're at the Red Sox or whatever, you're not going to probably find the vice president of corporate sales down on the field pulling the tarp. There's a ground screw for that. It's, yeah, right. it's just different. It's just a different nature. In terms and of right, scale. and the, probably in the big leagues, if the vice president of corporate sales went on the field to pull the tarp, it wouldn't look like, oh man, that guy looks like he's helping. It's like, hey, buddy, easy. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe don't do that. Um, yeah, no, it's just it's a very different world. Uh, I, there's pros and cons on both for sure. Uh, I everyone always asks me which is better. I look at it as if I ever had a chance. At the end of my career, what I would want to do most, it would probably be in the minors, uh, just because of it's such a different culture. Like it's more of that family feel, right? It's just so it's a smaller group of people. Um, but yes, it's it, the the day to day is quite different from when I was in the minor leagues. I can imagine. You know who makes great leaders, Chris? San Diego State Sports San Diego MBA State. program. You are right with you, right with me. Uh, San Diego State makes some of the best leaders, including uh, my fifth grade uh, flag football partner, Jackie Tipton. I think he, I, I always played quarterback, and I think he was uh, a little wide receiver in the schoolyard, if I remember. You got to stop calling him little. He's going to hit you next time you see him. I'm pretty sure he was little, though. Yeah, but now you still call him <laughs> Right now he could be 6'5 and 270, and uh, – I still remember him as little uh, Jackie Tipton. But anyway, um, their application window is still open, still plenty of time to apply. All you have to do is start. You don't have to finish. Start that application by the 1st of November, and classes start in person in San Diego uh, in January. To learn more, sdsu.edu backslash smba. A great program. So thankful for our good partners at San Diego State. We look forward to working with them. That sports MBA program uh, is just uh, is just fantastic. So um, that just blows my mind, Chris. We have I did uh, that was surreal in, listening to you read a live read inside of our podcast a month into this. That's kind of crazy. Month, we're a month in, and it all happened because of a listener. That's which a is listener, even, which is even better. And the story, like you said, the email that he wrote us. I, I, it was one of the greatest emails of all time. If I could frame that email uh, in my office, I would. I, 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 I would. Pr- I pray on my daily basis I'll get an email from someone calling me to put their sign on the green monster because it just <laughs> doesn't happen. But front office features, we get call-ins. How about that? It was. Uh, it's really 
it, it's really crazy. And um, it was all, uh, it's just such a small world um, that, uh, that he, he listened to the podcast that um, he reached out and he just reached out and um, it was crazy. The other part is he grew up in Warwick, Rhode Island. I know. Which is G- going to Pawtucket games. Going to the Paw Sox games. He has a bunch of cups. And I was like, "How? I'll get you some more cups. How many more cups do you need? And uh, it's just such a small world that his family grew up there. Uh, going to Paw Sox games. Uh, knows Jack Tipton now. Uh, big Penguin guy. Hell, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday, uh, October, what is it, 2nd. And uh, NHL starts tonight. So I think Jack's got a Penguins game. And uh, just small 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 world uh and we're so thankful to our um to our partners uh at at san diego state and uh again to learn more sdsu backslash smba their classes start uh in january and just gonna start your application by november 1st so uh on that note we um we're gonna release we're doing a little something a little different right we're uh Doing yeah, we're doing a day early. Yeah, day early. Day early. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I will say this. Marty's interview and uh, the subsequent downloads from that on Tuesday when we released was the biggest unique download day in uh, front office features history. Don't tell Larry. Both Larry's. <laughs> <It's just laughs> uh, well, yeah, our, our, our secret, Larry. Uh, you guys did great, too. Uh but it was uh, it was a great day. We've had a great week, um, and um, we're we're looking forward to the next one. So, um, so oh, I, get- I was in, um, to follow up on our last conversation about technology. I was down in Dallas this week uh, with yeah. with Aramark and Seven uh, Eleven, and uh, got to go to Seven Eleven's corporate headquarters and see how the Slurpees are made. Fa- <laughs> fascinating Literally. place. Um, and they have this test store. It was, it's, it was actually unreal. I'd never been in a 7-Eleven like this in my life. They had organic Slurpees and crazy, all different types of stuff. But uh, I was, we had a five-hour meeting, which I'm sure is everyone, if you've never been in a five-hour meeting, that's a very long meeting. Uh, but the whole conversation focused around all these new grab-and-goes and going in and biometric scanning and putting these types of areas into, into the, the ballparks and everything Aramark runs. And 7-Eleven wants to be a part of it. <laughs> the funny the person on the on the Aramark side was like, "Can we just get your Slurpees and put them in all of our baseball stadiums?" Cause, <laughs> and oh, by the way, can we mix it with alcohol? And Seven Eleven, like, was like, uh, "Please, please stop asking that question because everybody wants to do it." But no, we cannot do that. Um, That's funny. But I, I ran into a former a former employee of mine down there too, who went down to work for the Dallas Stars and now has subsequently left the sports business. But it's that relationship that this is all coming full circle that we formed in Albany, New York, when, when I was his leader, uh, that we've stayed in touch pretty much almost weekly, that I can now show up in Dallas and he and I can go out and have a steak dinner and catch up and talk about the good old days. But he reported to me, but he never viewed me as his boss and he still calls me to this day looking for direction and mentorship because he knows I'm going to give it no matter what. And I think that's what the message is if you get this chance to be in a manager role, don't take it lightly because you really can have an impact on people's lives. Hey Amen. Um, you've also tried to give me some guidance and some mentorship. Um, I have a confession to make. Oh, what's that? I haven't still haven't watched the office. I 
listen, I'm actually. Uh, I promise. No I see, promise. No one I can see this. Was... No one can see this. I'm wearing because this is what we were talking about today. I'm wearing a regional manager T-shirt. Where <laughs> 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 I can see him on Skype. Literally, he absolutely is. I am. This. I'm, we also got to figure out. I will say this: if there is a video person listening to this podcast that could help us out with some freaking video stuff, do people want to see? I don't us? know do anything about it. People want to see your pretty face. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know about our faces, but I want to see the shirt. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, but I still haven't watched the damn, uh, uh, damn episode of The Office. My mom uh, texted me that tonight. She goes, <laughs> she goes, hey, we've never watched The Office either. I'm like, oh, this is. I, I was like, okay, blasphemy. We're done. This is no longer my parents. What do you mean you've never watched The Office? <laughs> still, I, I, my, uh, my street. I'm like Cal Ripken. You know how many people st- came up to me in my in my office or texted me and was like shocked after that episode. And my best, my my, one of my best friends, he's like, I want to murder Rob. He got to do do the the rap party with the office. Has never seen it. He said he's actually jealous because now the fact that you can actually go watch this and have never seen it, he's actually very jealous of you. You know what I'm gonna have to do is I'm gonna have to post. uh, I have a couple pictures from that day. I sent you. I go, how mad are you? It's ridiculous. It was was a picture of John Krasinski. Like it's a pretty... picture of me with the entire office cast in the visiting clubhouse of Scranton, and uh, I could just see your blood boiling. I was I opened up that text. Uh, I opened up that I was text, texting and you. I was like, "Are you shitting me? Like, this kid's <laughs> never seen The Office." Oh, no, I still haven't. I still haven't. That's I, I, uh, go, go when we're done. Just literally, just go throw an episode on. Pick a random one. I'm sure. Eh, maybe I don't know. Figure it out. Figure it out. Just why don't you send me a couple of like, all right, these are can't miss episodes. And uh, I'll I'll you gotta start the from old... the beginning. You gotta yeah, yeah the... start from the beginning. How many seasons did they do? I don't know, like nine. This ten. seems like a commitment. What else you got to do? Just... <laughs> right, I don't have anything else to do besides build a new ballpark and uh, you know do this podcast. And we've got sponsors now. I got sponsors <laughs> like our great people at San Diego State. Their uh, their sports uh, MBA program, and we've got to take care of them. And remember, the deadline to start your application. Is November first. You still got plenty of time to apply. S uh, S D S U dot edu. But don't procrastinate. S M B A. Don't procrastinate. I know what people do. Don't procra- don't wait till October thirty first because that's Halloween. And if you go out that night, you're gonna forget to do it. So start now. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, well, Chris, uh, our uh, I think this was a good one. I enjoyed it. So uh, again, we always say this. Uh, follow our uh, social media uh, channels. I- I've got to post some of those pictures, uh, and also I got to post the uh, YouTube link of the um, office rap party, uh, just so people can oh, see. Make me it was angry. Over the just top. make me more angry. That's fine. I-, okay. I-, I know, and there's part of me that's excited to do that too. Um, and our first ever podcast uh, presented uh, by San Diego State, where we- we've got a sponsor now. This is like a. This is a business, and uh, it's this is this is great. So uh, I want to thank our great partners at the at San Diego State, and uh, I want to thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. The blog was great. Uh, check it out, frontofficefeatures.com. Uh, keep listening to the podcast. Share it. Five star reviews. Uh, social the whole thing. Anything else, buddy? Nope. All right. Have a great night. Later. See you.